Welcome back. Welcome back to the Duke Basketball Junkies. We are coming at you from Las Vegas, Sunday nights. What time is it, Mike? It's January 7th. 10 o'clock. It's 10 p.m. How uh, are you on a scale of 1 to 10? About this team? Yeah. What All else? Right. What else are we going to talk about? So it's about 30 hours since the end of the game yesterday. You, you process it. You've digested it. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, there's no part of me, let's qualify everything, saying, like, I, I am not angry at all, I'm not, I'm not hitting the panic button uh, in, a, in a complete and total way on any sort, we're, we still have a, a great record, we're still a ranked team, we've still won a bunch of games, we're still uber talented, but, uh, you know, a lot of our concerns and fears and a lot of what we saw earlier in the season has not improved uh, much. And, uh, you know, hats off to NC State. They play great. They played phenomenal. Yeah. You know. Uh, do you think other teams play harder against us? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think I think they're up for the game. I think they're more focused. I think they... You you think they actually I think sort they, of like coast a little bit against lesser teams and then for against Duke, they just like get totally amped up? I just think they know they have to play their best. Yeah. They know everybody's watching on national TV. Right. Quite often. Yeah. And so it's the biggest game of the year that isn't like an NCAA tournament game. Hmm. Especially when we're highly ranked. Okay. Especially this year with these guys that we're playing against. So everyone wants to measure up. Okay. Well, so yeah, they, they get primed for it. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is Duke a good basketball team? Of course. It is. I mean, look at our record. We're a good basketball team. Okay. okay. Let's look at this record. In the three ACC... Games we're averaging over ninety three points allowed. If we if that continues, and it's not like BC and and NC State are going to be above average ACC teams, right? They're below average ACC teams, right. or at best, if we average. So when I when I watched the Florida State game, I think that was like a week ago. The thought ran through my mind. The question ran through my mind: Are we even a good team? Because it didn't look like like it. With three and a half minutes left in the Florida State game, it looked like we were going to give up 105 or 110 points in that game. Right. You just can't be a good team. And then and then we won. And then, you know, I processed things a little bit. And then in this NC State game, are, are we good? What does that mean? What does good mean? I, mean? I don't know what the good means. But if good means, like, you know, we're, we're worthy of a ranking, we're, we're likely to finish with a winning record in the conference and make the tournament, yeah, we're that. Are we as good as we thought we were going to be at this point in the season? No. No, we're not. Are we a good offensive team? Oh, we're, we're a we're, great we're, offensive we're a great team. great offensive team. Are we a good defensive team? <sighs> Obviously not. We're a bad defensive team, especially considering how talented we are. But it's mitigated by our youth. You know, if you did you watch Coach K's press conference? Yes. He, he was harsh. Think? He was harsh. He was harsh and direct. He was, he but he was nearly right. threw multiple players under the bus. Did he throw anyone under the bus? Um, what he said was, Grayson either as the lone senior and the really the only leader on the team, he either has to play great or he has to be strong. Which indicates that he thought, well, obviously he didn't play great. He did For some reason he wasn't looking for a shot. They were double teaming him. Um, but then he said, as as the the second part to that, he was like, or he's got to be, he's got to have a strong presence, which is saying he felt like Grayson wasn't strong in the game. 
Yeah, I mean, I, he, he disappeared a little on, on offense, and he's not a particularly good yeah. defensive player, no matter what Ricky Price says. He's just not. Uh, I so, actually, I feel, okay. I mean, he's had his moments. He's, he's come around for me. I, I actually feel like the team's biggest defensive liabilities are Wendell Carter when he's 15 feet away from the basket and Trayvon Duvall. But, yeah, great Grayson. Trayvon Duvall. Yeah, I, Trayvon Duval. And I also I, I can't remember like how do you pronounce the first name? The accent, like the accent, the accents on the second syllable in each. According to was it Jay Billis? Jay Billison. Jay Billis just said you know, he, uh, you know, he made it clear this week that that the people were pronouncing his name wrong, including us. You yeah. Know? And I, I pronounced Wendell Carter's name wrong as well. Uh, you know, because right. I just didn't know, and it's it, it's difficult. It, 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 if there's a particular pronunciation, Duval, Duval, okay, Duval. Duval. Was it like a French derivation? I mean, it's Robert Duval. It's, it's Trevon Duval. Duval. That's just the way it is, and it's Dario Saric. It's not Saric. Yeah. He, I mean, Coach you know, K also said uh, Alex O'Connell was nervous, which even if if you felt that to be true, I don't know why you would say that in, a, in the post game interview. Um, Maybe he was nervous going out there with that fresh that haircut. haircut of his. <laughs> and he was just nervous. He was what was he? Yesterday. What's he doing with that haircut? He looks so much skinnier. He, he looks, looks even more skinny. Yeah, and and then the the clincher for but me was O'Connell played like three minutes. Um, and what did he play? Five minutes? I, I, I don't he know. Barely he, got in the he, game. They, no one played. And and Coach K goes back to his tendencies and tight. I thought close Coach games. K coach nervous. Yeah. I mean, he, six guys. That's it. Bolden never got off the bench, basically. And no, no, Bolden was hurt. They declared him out. Oh, okay. With, he had like a grade one minor MCL or something like that. My bad. I'm watching the game surrounded by my four kids. With, with, with no volume. With well, not no volume, but little little volume. Yeah. Or sporadic volume with my wife yelling at me. Right. But I'm, I'm not sure he. Okay, so I missed that. Impacted the game that that differently, but Coach K, the clincher for me was he was like, you know. Okay, well, we, if he's out, we why, why can't someone else plug in? Why can't Justin Robinson get a few minutes or whoever? I mean, Vrankovic came in. I was said, wondering why Vrankovic Coach K said, we in. don't have a deep bench. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't have a deep bench. Well, we got to talk about Justin Tucker. Uh, yeah, I thought we were going to do that at the end. We'll hit, we'll hit, we'll hit. Jordan. Jordan. He's probably transferring because everyone calls him Justin. I never even learned his name, you know? <laughs> it was like the top 50 time. recruit. I never, never learned his name. He never got on the court. Yeah, but... but you know, Coach K is saying we don't have a deep bench. Coaches, other coaches would kill to have McDonald's All-Americans on the bench multiple years. Last year we had like three Mickey D's guys coming off the bench routinely the entire year. Jack and, White looks like, okay to me when he plays. He's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, Justin Robinson looked decent in like, limited like in the, minutes. In the, so in the like, NCAA game, the 9th, 10th, 11th guys on the bench. All the starters are playing 40 minutes, 38 minutes. Yeah. Um, I felt like with six or seven minutes left in, in the game, Trayvon... Uh, Duval pulled up Gimpy. Maybe I think uh, the announcer said he was he was having cramps. His favor in his leg. But um, I mean that's not surprising when you're in a tight game and everyone's playing 38, 37, 40 minutes. Um, productivity has to decline a little bit in these games. You and I have covered this, you know, ad nauseum previous years. I don't know what he's yeah. doing. You remember the with, the, the, with the with the rotation. Even if Bolden was out, I didn't realize. So my bad. But I don't know why the other guys aren't getting some minutes. You got to spell guys, especially yeah. in a hostile environment, especially young guys. Like they have I mean, to learn. They Bagley have to learn has an insane motor. Grayson has a really great motor, but 
Yeah, he's he's. It had been a week since they played. Yeah, I don't know if that's what Coach K is thinking. I mean, you think back to the Kansas the early, early in the season Kansas game last year when Frank Mason beat us with that last second jumper. Matt Jones yeah. was defending him, but Matt Jones also was suffering through cramps in that game. It's got to be tough to play like 38, 39, 40 minutes in a game like that where... There's just no reason for it. This is just the just, third ACC game against They're just an flying average team. up and down the court the whole, the whole game. Yeah, um, I, I just don't get it. I mean, guys, for those... Guys those, are going to get gassed. For those that don't know, the minutes distribution in the game, I'm looking at it now. Grayson played 39. Bagley played 38. Trent played 38. Deval played 32. Uh, Carter played 29, partially because he had four fouls. Delorier got in for 15 minutes as the only, really the only sub that got significant yeah. minutes. Brankovic came in for four minutes, struggled, and I guess the last uh, last few minutes, last 30 uh, seconds Coach of the game, emptied out the bench. In, yeah. Sort of like a weird manner. He didn't. Empty Alex O'Connell. Alex O'Connell had two minutes. So you're telling me, Coach K plugged him in, and just sense, immediately sense diagnosed that he was, that he was nervous and wasn't ready for the moment, and then sat him. So you can't like talk to the kid or have one of the coaches talk to the yeah. kid like at a timeout and then send him back in. You're just gonna wreck his confidence by yeah, and just then, look at him. Hey, then, Alex, you got you're, this. You're one of the best shooters on the floor. Alex, look for you your got shot. this. Yeah, look for instill your shot. some confidence. Make plays on offense and defense, just like you did in the Florida game. Maybe he was throwing up at halftime, and we don't know. And yeah. that's what he was talking about. I, you know, so we're, we don't we don't have a hundred percent knowledge, but something's not right. Something's not right with the rotation and. In an early ACC game, and it, you know it's not like it's successful all the time. So, uh, but this this is a con- this sure. comes up every year. You and I have probably discussed this literally every year for the last 15, 20 years. It's not going to change. I mean, Coach K is wired the way he is. He rides his starters for the duration of the season, and that's yeah, just, that's, just, that's just how he is. Coach K has very few you know, systematic drawbacks. Right. This is one of them. Uh, and there are consequences, you know, like... There, there Jack, are uh, arguably consequences, yes. Jordan Tucker transferring. Um, before this podcast goes so negative, unless you have something very pressing you want to talk about? I would like to... Uh, I'd like to talk about Florida State. I'd like to talk about Marvin Bagley and his performances. Yes. Uh, I'd like to go through sort of how we feel about the players a little bit, you know, can we, one by can one. We, but I'd like to also, at the we, end, yeah. talk, talk about some advanced metrics. Sure. Uh, and kind of... Try and figure out, not necessarily from like a in-game analysis, what's going on. You know, we can we can mention what we thought, but then kind of go a little broader and take a look at, at the stats. Can we take down Danny Ferry's number and Cameron and put up Marvin Bagley's? <laughs> you think you think it'd be okay to have a new rule? You can have a retired number as long as you're better than the guy who wore the number. Well, uh, I mean, can't they have two numbers side <laughs> by side, the same number? What's the difference? <laughs> Um, like it's just an honor. It's not yeah. the next game <laughs> that Marvin Bagley has. That's a bad game for him. That's going to be the first time he has not had a single bad game. Yeah, he's had some. That, you know, it's not like he plays a perfect game every time. But you know, against that, NC State, he's eleven for fourteen from the field for thirty-one points. He even went nine of eleven from the line. It was this is the weaker game of the two versus the Florida State game, I yeah. guess. Uh, against Florida State, he goes yeah. for thirty and twenty, but misses a bunch of free throws. Yeah. Gosh forbid! But man, he, he what a, is what a he player. Is the the next game that he shoots under fifty percent from the floor in a game, that will be the first time he'll ever do that in a Duke uniform. This guy is that's incredible. Incre- that's incredible. He's incredible. They played fifteen games, and 
Look, look at our lineup. Like Grayson, this guy's better than advertised. Grayson has had three or four <laughs> bad games. Trey has had a bunch of games where he sort of struggled. Wendell Carter up and down. Um, Gary Trent sort of up and down. Marvin Bagley brings it every single game, and I sort of like that he called out after the game. I didn't really get into the the interview, but I saw a headline saying that he's like, "This is unacceptable." You know, like one of the one of the things I read about him before he came to Duke was that. You know, he played in the Drew League, and he played in these summer leagues where the team that he was on would often get blown out, but, you know, he was fantastic. And so people weren't sure if he valued winning, um, you know, as opposed to just worrying about uh, stuffing the stat sheet. And this guy, this guy wants to win. And he's, I don't know if he's calling out his teammates or the team, but this guy is... He absolutely seems like a leader. Yeah. He's just fired up all the time. When they're coming off the court, he's fired up. He's saying, you know... Let's fucking go. Let's go, guys. Let's fucking go. And he, I mean, he's one guy you never have to worry about in any game. He's better than advertised. If that's and possible. He, and we were calling him the, the T-Rex of the recruiting class. Before, that's possible. Yeah. Number one, reclassified, still number one overall. He's he's not actually younger than every all the other freshmen. Even he's though 18, he reclassified. Right? Yeah, he's 18. Yeah. But... Man, does he does he play basketball? It's it's really incredible to watch, and he's not the defensive monster that he is on offense, but he he certainly plays great like he, great that, situational that motor, defense. That, yeah. that motor is really that motor great. that's on offense. You see it on defense because he's scrambling around all over the place and he's trying very hard on defense. He is. He doesn't always. Uh, he picked up his fourth foul against Florida State in that, uh, late in that game on a play where he was just. Weirdly positioned, like he doesn't always know exactly where to be on defense. I see him like, like, like back off a three-point shooter when it's clear that the play is to extend out onto the three-point shooter <clears throat> because he's not sure how to use that talent. Okay. Like which side of the court he should, you know, he's trying to cover the whole court when like sometimes he's just a little indecisive. And I, I feel yeah. that quality is more pronounced for Carter. Like Carter, I feel like all the time. Bagley's the. The, is, he's is, the best is, of these guys defensively. Yeah, it's almost so I'm not like, criticizing. I'm just saying, yeah. like, <clears throat> I feel like Carter's like he's unsure, so he just stays on his guy as opposed to the guy who actually has the ball with an open three. I mean, that's your primary threat. That's the guy you should be, be defending. The more I watch, the more I realize it's not really Carter and Bagley's fault on the defensive end. These guys are are doing their best. They're they're not great rim protectors, but. I feel like I feel Bagley like in particular. Carter, I, I feel like Carter is. Carter's a better rim protector than Bagley. Bagley's better at extending out into the perimeter, sure. yeah. and you know he, he could cover one through five a little bit. Uh, they actually have the best two defensive ratings on the team, meaning the, the team when they're on the court, the team has their gives up the fewest points per possession. <laughs> right, those two guys. Okay. They they have a rating for every player. Yeah. And you could probably guess out of the starters which players have the weakest defensive rating. Uh, Trey or Grayson? Yeah, it's uh, it's Trey Duvall and Grayson. They're they're the they're the weaker weaker spots. Grayson never comes out of the game. Grayson never comes out of the game. That's right. I mean, he never comes <laughs> out of close games. But we'll get into the net rating stats a little later. But uh, both I think Carter's playing great too. Like, they're yeah. both very, very good. Right. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think <laughs> Wendell Carter is, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, he's, I mean, he's he's a big guy. He blocks some shots. Yeah, he, uh, this, he does. He rebounds really well. 
Um, he played better on but, defense against Florida State than he did against NC State. No doubt. He got exposed much more in the NC State game. His uh, perimeter defense? Perimeter's pick and roll, situational defense, uh, decision making. Yeah. Um, and, and we're expecting too much. I mean, like, when, okay. big guy, when big guys come to Duke, like when Mason came to Duke, when all these guys came to Duke, it takes them a while to learn how to not travel, not double dribble. Well, in offense, not, these guys are great already. Right, like, but just, just, you know, to, to minimize their freshman mistakes. But Car- Carter's biggest issues, I think, like, he's still a little out of control with his with his body. You know, he... Mm, I feel like he's jumping in. I mean, it's going to be amazing people. to see these guys in five years, right? Five to eight years. They're going to be incredible as long as they stay healthy. Like, to see them at this age... Yeah. And, yeah, we're picking out, like, nuanced flaws in their games. Uh I actually don't think either of them, either Carter or Bagley, are, are doing anything horrifically wrong on this team. Like for me, it's it's the perimeter. The perimeter is really where we're struggling uh, on defense. You know, there's a certain amount of like shot selection issues I'm seeing on offense situationally. I mean, Duval is just shooting too many threes. He's he's shot nine three pointers in the last two games. Nine. And a couple went in. But yes. I still don't know. It still a doesn't make it a good decision. In, you yeah. know, but a lot of them just barely graze iron. Um, I mean, at some point, the coaches have to say, look, Trey, if there's one second on the shot clock, yeah, shoot it. But otherwise, attack the rim because you're so good attacking the basket or attack, draw. Do you know what percentage he's shooting from three? 16. Yeah, well, 16, almost 17%. Not good. And it's not, I mean, he's 7 for 42. That's not a small sample size. I mean, it is small, but it's small, it's pretty but it's clear. Pretty, it's, it's not. It's not. It's like, not like he's missing a little yeah. bit. It's not like yeah. Luke Kennard's freshman year or Gary Trent's freshman year where they struggle with a three, but you're okay with it because you feel like they should be performing better based on their free throws and their mechanics. Yeah. With Trey, I, I don't. Apparently, the coaches aren't saying, "Hey, look, shut it down, stop shooting threes. Yeah, I don't know what they're saying to him, but. I understand why he feels the need to take an occasional three. Especially if, when we're down 9 or 10 or 12 points. And it's wide open yeah. and he's, he feels okay about it. But, yeah, he's taking too many. Yeah, It's just not an efficient shot. Especially with 15, it's, 20 seconds on the shot clock. It's the worst shot we take game in and game out, percentage-wise, so far. Uh, Javin also shoots the same percentage. Yeah, but Javin's but only probably shoots, only shot a few. He shot maybe five, probably a, a third or a quarter of the number of shots. Uh, he's either one for seven or two for fourteen. I'm not sure. He has the same exact percentage. Uh, I'm guessing it, seven. That's historically bad. He probably is a better shooter than that. Who? But Trey. He, Trey. Yeah. But he's probably but, not more than a twenty-five to thirty percent shooter. And yeah, I would all be the sh- other guys. I'd be in the shocked team, if you were thirty. I would say yeah. he's between like fifteen and twenty-five. So I mean, he he might come up to like twenty. Which is still not that great of a shot unless you have to take the shot. Yeah, I, I agree. And we, we had talked about the, the big men shooting threes. Uh, Wendell Carter. He, we, didn't, he, we, didn't, he didn't take a single three. He hasn't taken them, but he's still yeah. shooting 50% from the year. Bagley's increased his percentage to, uh, to almost 35% yeah. after a slow start. So he had that, four, that sick four-point play against yes. uh, Florida State. Or did he miss the back end? No, no, he made it, but he also had that sick um, missed free throw that went right to him, and then he shot it absurdly high that somehow came back in. And he got fouled also on the play. 
Yeah, so uh, the Florida State win ended up being another really nice-looking, gritty-seeming win. And like, How many of those can we win? Like, well, we, we can. We, this is how we're going to have to win games because <laughs> we're going to give up so many points, and we're not going to and, and play it's, it's, as well until it really, really matters. And has the thought crossed your mind? Like when I watch these games, it's the same thing. Like, oh, this team's shooting out of their minds. They can't seem to be missing any threes. But it seems like every team's like that. Opponents are shooting over 36% from three against us. And that's it? 36? It seems like higher, doesn't it? But it's yeah. only 36. It's okay. not... I mean, that's a really good but, percentage. But, but that brings in, like, Evansville and that's St. Francis of, and all. We're like, one of the worst three-point defense, defensive teams in the country. Are we? Like, we're in the bottom 50. Okay. We're ranked 200 and... Uh, I had the number something somewhere. Bad. Something like, bad. You know, 200-something in the country, which is, is not good. Yeah. Uh, and... It does seem like they're hitting them at a at a you know an unsustainable rate a little bit, but it also it's also clear they're they're open. Yeah. You know most of these shots are pretty open. I mean it's just it's just it's um, even Florida State down the stretch they yeah. and they, they didn't score the last three minutes of the three game three and a half minutes of the game they were at ninety three points I thought for sure they would eclipse one hundred we played better defense. Bagley really closed out on some threes very well. Yeah, they missed a few wide-open ones. They missed two wide-open threes. They missed a layup. There was a foul that should have been called on Wendell Carter. Yeah. It would have been his fifth. That easily could have been called at least. So I felt like we got a, we ran good the last three or four minutes of that game. Right. Clearly. We ran good when, when Duval hit hit the three with four yeah. or five minutes left. Yeah. Uh, but, but we also seemed to step up the intensity. I'll tell you one thing Duval did in that game. He's, he grabbed a late yeah. defensive rebound, like in a scramble, a very rare rebound because he has a historically low rebounding percentage. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I watch him the, the entire game. I'm I'm obsessed now watching him stand flat-footed and not obs- really trying, not, not really even trying being in, involved as a team player on defense. Once the shot goes up, yeah, just watching, backing away even from the lane. Yeah, like re- he's ready to receive that inbounds pass and push the ball off the court. Right. So we talked about this in a previous podcast. I saw it again in these last two games, except right at the end of the, the Florida State game, he he like crashed the lane to get that board. And I was like, yes, that's it. Do that all the time, you know? But it was an isolated thing. I mean, he... Yeah, well, it was partly because it was three minutes left in the game. He wanted to win. He yeah. was into the game, you know? I mean, we just we're, we're bashing him all the time. His His high is still very high. You know, as a penetrator, as a finisher, as a distributor, he's got cord vision. He makes some great passes. He's fantastic. He's the least efficient he's offensive fantastic. player on the team. Yeah. Him and Bolden. Least efficient offensive player. And okay. the team performs worse with him on the court than they do without him on the court. Okay. On offense, not just on defense. Right. So, he, so far, he, statistically, He at controls least, the destiny of this team. Well, it's clear he's going to get the lion's share of the minutes. Yeah. At the point, right? And I think he deserves, or I think he should deserve them. Yeah. But he also has the most room for improvement for in sure. terms of, like, decision-making. And decision-making, there was there was an, a moment in the uh, NC State game. Yeah. It looked like we're coming back. We cut down three points. We get the ball. We go up. He tries to make a move. He gets the ball stolen, and then he just compounds it by picks up, picks up a, by a making reckless like a, charge. Yeah, like you no, know, just like an atrocious attempt at a steal of the ball. Like he wrapped his arms around the guy, and that type of poor, poor decision making has got to improve. I mean, he just has to be better on the floor. Yeah, he's he's over fouling. 
He's taking too many chances. He's putting himself out of position a lot. He's the key, on defense. He's the key to the team. This well, this team's only going to go as far as he improves defensively and decision making wise. Yeah. I mean, well, he, we we really need him to to make it a point of getting Grayson shots. He's making um, a point to get the inside guys shots. Okay, a little less of the Grayson feeding than we saw early in the in the year against like against Michigan State. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like Grayson can also get his own shot. Yeah, I'd like to see Grayson with the ball in his hands. I, I read the, the, some, a little some minor speculation that Grayson might have been injured. That's why he wasn't really seeking his seeking okay. his shot, which you know could explain things. But would Coach K have banged on him? Other if that was the case, he didn't really bang on him. So, so what happened? We beat Florida State at home in a really thrilling sort game. Of, sort of lucky. <laughs> it felt sort of lucky. I mean, felt a little lucky. Well. Yeah. But it was a good game. It was an entertaining game. It's a good game. Florida State is a good team, and we beat them. We gave up ninety-three points in that game yeah. through thirty-six and a half minutes. And then we lose a really—it's a really bad loss to NC State. It is, on but the road. But but they played. But great. NC State has knocked us off so often in in Raleigh. I just feel like that game is not a gimme. Like we 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 lose way none more these, often there than we sort of should. None of these so games it are doesn't, doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but like what happened since we last talked? We won a game, we lost a game. Yeah. I feel like we should have won both games. I feel like they should have played better. I, I did on... not feel like we should have won the NC State game. No, going, felt... in, going into oh, it. Going, going into, into it, it, yeah. And the Florida State game really could have gone either way. Like, if we played NC State again this week, we yeah. would expect to win. You know, we were, we were only like a 3-1 to one favorite. 75-25 That's a favorite. significant favorite, dude. I Yes, I get it. <laughs> but it's... We're, we're like 95 We're favorites. talking about this team only losing two or three, four games the whole year. Right? I wasn't. <laughs> Your over-under was what, four and a half? I mean, Three and a half, four. Yeah, so you were talking about that, and now they've, they're one and two in the ACC. How many how many games is this team going to lose this year? Uh, you got to say six or seven, maybe eight now. Yeah, I'm thinking seven or eight. Yeah. it's uh, we, we haven't even hit the tough part of the ACC schedule. Yeah, no. We really we, haven't. You know, we thought we like our, played first, a, our, our first really legitimate real loss – or tough test would be at Miami, you know, at UNC. But we're losing to BC. BC has won two ACC games the last two years. Yeah, it's brutal. They they played great too. Yeah, you know, but these, and these these guys all shot close to yeah. you know forty five fifty percent against us from three, mm-hmm. which is huge to overcome. We're gonna have to play Carolina. We're gonna, we're gonna have to play Virginia. Yeah, we're gonna have to play Louisville. We're gonna have to play Notre Dame. We're gonna have to play Miami in Miami. We got Pittsburgh on the road coming up. We don't want we don't win that one easily. We we have to be like a twenty five point favorite <laughs> on the road. I don't know. Uh, not the way this team is playing. It's it's crazy. Pittsburgh really looks bad this year. But yeah. I, so I thought I'd take a deeper dive into the numbers because my, I've been watching and like you know my you know my thoughts are yeah. Before you do, just a measure yeah. of perspective. I mean, everyone's losing. No one's great. It's tough to win on the road. Sure. Even take like great teams like Michigan State and Villanova. All these teams are losing, so it's it's not that big a deal. It's again, it's, it's tough to win on the road in conference games. It, it just is, and um, we got a bunch of conference games coming up. But are you scared? Are you scared? Like scared of what? We both thought that Coach K was gonna like, hey, we're we're just gonna focus on defense. 
and against St. Francis, it seemed like, wow, this team's almost held St. Francis to, or Evansville up under 40 points. Right. It was a, you know? weak, and then it was like, a wow, shorthanded Evansville team. Yeah, hopefully against Florida State and uh, NC State, like that defensive um, trending upwards will continue. But No. But it, Absolutely it's, not. It's, it's <laughs> tough. Um, I remember Coach K almost went off on a reporter who sort of asked him about defense or if he had been practicing defense, sort of intimating that, are you even worried Co- about your defense? And Coach K just snapped out. Coach K basically said, are we working on defense? You, so bet, you bet we are. It was so funny. Is it going well? No, we haven't figured it out yet. No kidding, right? Yeah. He's like, what, you're, you're, you're calling out our defense? You're a real genius, aren't you? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, of course, what else are we going to talk about? Of I course, mean, Coach K and all the coaches are working on defense. It's just um, they're freshmen, you but, know? Like 80% of them are freshmen. It's not just that they're freshmen, because freshmen, there are freshmen in the country that, that are good defensive Defense. players. It, they're less likely to be good defensively. Yeah. The problem is none of these guys, yeah. none of these guys really, re- maybe the Bagley's the exception, but none of the other guys. I feel like Trent is pretty, um, Trent's not Trent, as bad Trent's, as the other Trent's guys been looking defense. better on defense a little bit, but he's not an all-star on defense. None of these guys are truly great two-way mm. players. Bagley has a chance to be. Okay. Carter has a chance to be. Right. Right? But... I feel like Trent's a pretty good two-way player. I, I even he's see, not a great two-way player. I even see him sure. like you know when I was when I was talking about Carter, like he he sort of jumped and went vertically against his opponent, and in the dead ball situation, Trent Trent was advising. He was like he was getting on Carter. He was like, look, you just be strong and physical and be vertical. Yeah, you know. And I feel like Trent's pretty savvy. Uh, he's a perimeter defender, and perimeter players are lighting it up on us. So. I have watched, I've witnessed him stealing the ball, yeah. like making some big late game plays. Yeah, he's not flashy. He's, he's, he's not somewhat super athletic. Solid. Not super explosive. Like he's guys he's get measured. by him. Guys he's get measured. by him. Yeah. Well, let, let me get into the since we're talking defense. Let's round out the conversation. Uh, you know, you can go to College Basketball Reference, and you can look up Duke's team stats. And uh, I pulled up the defensive rating. At this point, we're 15 games into the season. It's still a small sample size, and these these numbers. The caveat is, they're not all like you know. This is not truth. It's just what's happened thus far. Thus far, but it's 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 almost half of a season. But the majority of those games yeah. were against cupcakes. That's all we have to go and on. And then the other half were against. We played some very good teams right. also in addition so these, to the cupcakes. These numbers are basically rel- they're, they're schedule proof because they're relative to the other players in the team. So it's only meaningful that. Uh, at, so what I did is I looked at the the top eight in the rotation. That's the starting five: Javin, O'Connell, and Bolton. And I pulled up their defensive rating. Uh, so it's relative again. The low number is good on defense. The high number is bad. It means the number of points you're giving up per hundred possessions. Uh, the best guy on the team, best numbers is Javin, ninety-six point one. That that's for that the, may- that's for the team when he's on the floor. The team is giving up 96.1 points per 100 possessions. That means 0.96 yeah. points per possession with when, Javin on the floor. Okay. And there is one, the other caveat here is that the guys that aren't starters may play more significant minutes against weaker weaker opponents. Right. Okay. So Delore comes in Delore, more likely when the other team has subs in also. That may be the case. Okay. So he's at a 96.1. Uh, Wendell Carter? 96.1 is pretty good. No. Well, compared to the rest of the team, it is. Okay. <laughs> but maybe not on, say, Villanova. 
Yeah, I didn't look at Villanova's defensive okay. rating. So okay. he's got the best out of the eight guys. The next two are tied. It's Carter and Bolden. Okay. So our two best kind of rim protectors, they both average three blocks per 40 minutes. Yeah. And no one else averages that much. Uh, Javin also blocks shots. Uh, Bagley is next, 99.9. What What was uh, Bolden in? Um, 97.9. So 96.1. So basically 96, 98, and 100. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Trey Duval, 105. Okay. Which is better than Trent's 105.8 and better than Grayson's 106.7 okay. and better than O'Connell's 107.9. Um, it is interesting the entire perimeter has a lower defensive rating than, than the big guys. Sure. Uh, so that that's just what's that's what's happened. Now, the other stats I think are important is that Duval's rebounding percentage, I, I believe, is somewhat historically low. <laughs> what's he averaging per game? Like one rebound a game? Below? One below? What do you mean? Below what? How many rebounds per game is he currently averaging? Is it one? One rebound a game? One point seven. Okay. But you have to understand he's playing thirty minutes. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to play thirty minutes and not grab one or two rebounds. You know, just they balance out sometimes. Right. Um, and so his rebounding percentage to the number of uh, is three point seven percent. Grayson's is five point three. Trent's seven point five. Uh, to give you a comparison for our backcourt, all three are very low numbers. Our backcourt, our perimeter, I mean, these three guys are in the game a lot together, basically grab no rebounds. Right. Leaving leaving our big, you know, but Carter and, and their, Bagley to... Right. Ben, in, in their defense, Carter and Bagley are two of the best rebounders in the country, and then Bolden and right, Delorier are also very, very good rebounders. But when you watch like the NC State game, you see NC State picking up all these offensive rebounds, especially when our big guys get pulled out of the lane, you realize it's, it's a problem. These, these guys uh, and, aren't boxing effort out. Problem. They're not crashing the boards. Okay. You know, because, you, know, you know, good guards, like, like if you look historically at, at our, our our good defensive guards, whether it's Matt Jones or... DeMarcus Nelson. DeMarcus Nelson's a good example, or Trajan Langdon, or even a guy like, you know, uh, even a guy like Craig Paulus would, would crash the boards. He'd... You know, he'd get in there to get those, like, tips. The big guys fight it out. The ball gets tipped out. You have to be in position and ready to react and, and get, a, get a ball. Or if you're, you're on a switch, you gotta, you got to box your man out. I also have noticed that Bagley and Carter, although they're very good rebounds, aren't great at boxing out. A lot of times Bagley's grabbing the rebounds out of position. He's just such a superior he's just, athlete. Yeah, he just yeah. He's leaps, leaps faster. And he's also, I've noticed when he comes down with the ball, he's just magnificent. There's a chaos that ensues when he grabs the rebound and he just scores so quickly uh, it's in a, the chaos. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. On offense, I thought the numbers were more surprising. Um, like, that didn't really surprise me that much on defense. It's similar to what I've observed, right? Uh, on offense, I was very surprised because I thought Duval... Even though he, you know, I have, I have an issue with some of his effort on defense and in transition, I, I would be a good offensive player. Would be an, a, a plus. A, a plus. Out of those eight guys, he has the lowest offensive rating. Meaning, when he's on the court, Duke is scoring 113 points per 100 possessions, or 1.13 points per possession. Right. 
which is a very good offensive rating for college basketball yes. because we have a historically great offense. But it's interesting that out of those eight guys, he has the lowest number. Bolden's 114.7, which is also relatively low. The other six guys are 128 and up. 128 and up? Yeah, so it's not even close. Wow. 113, 114 for Duval and Bolden. Gary Trent's at 128.5. Alex O'Connell's at 131. This means the offense is efficient. It's not efficient. It's historically efficient. Historically. These guys are... I mean, this team currently is is averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of 125 points per 100 possession, which is leading the country. Right. Javin, 133, which is surprising because he doesn't seem to be that good at offense. Right. But when he's on the court, perhaps, he, he's not... He's not uh, turning the ball over. He's not taking anything away. I mean, we have been, enough scorers. Yeah. Surprisingly, in the NC State game, he seemed a bit clumsy. But yeah. I, your general point, yeah, I agree. Uh, Wendell Carter and Bagley are in, in the 132s. Uh, and Grayson's 137. Okay. Grayson has the best offensive rating. Uh, when, you know, the team, rather, the team has the best right. offensive rating when Grayson's on the court. I Grayson's think, yeah. it's a little weird because great it seems like Grayson plays every minute. I think I did say but he's not. I like the how the offense flows when Trey sits and Grayson runs the point. Well if you watch sit, the Florida sit, State game, yeah. even just, though even though he came point. in and played great for the last five minutes on offense, especially. Yeah. And he did, and he got a lot of credit. If you watch the rest of the game, if you watch it again, they really the the offense struggled a little when he was in there at times, and when he came out, they went on these runs. Especially like uh, late in the first half, right. early and middle of the second but, half. But I mean, again, it's okay. just just one game. It's one game. Be, but this is know, the whole season. This is the whole season. The stats. So, so something to keep so, an eye on. So what you're saying is that the numbers suggest that Trayvon Duval is a negative for this team. He has the lowest win share per minute on the court of the starters. Of the starters. Yes, the win. So, another advanced statistic is win share, and it's not based on these defensive or offensive ratings. It's more based on your individual efficiency. Okay. So your individual stats contribute to win share. This is the last of these I'll throw at us, throw at the, throw at you, Peter, in the the audience. Uh, win share is not a counting statistic, but it is based on contribution. Sure. Uh, and it's highly based on efficiency as well. So Bagley has the most win share. So, just flat win share, Bagley, Grayson, Wendell, Trent, Duval, then Javin, then O'Connell, and Bolden. That makes sense. That makes some sense, right? Right. Based on their statistical contribution and their efficiency. Now, win share for 40 is a little more interesting. Bagley is still most responsible for their wins. For us winning. Yeah, yeah. contribution to winning. Then Grayson. He has, it's .227 per minute. Okay. Okay. Point, so we'll forget the per minute. We'll just call it 0.27. Yeah. Carter, 0.246. Grayson, 0.21. Javin, 0.208. Javin shows well in these advanced statistics. Good. Uh, Gary Trent, 0.161, which is weaker than those guys. Bolden, 0.146. O'Connell, also 0.146. And Duval, 0.143. Which is not it's, like... So all three of those awful. guys are sort of bunched together. Yeah, and Trent even is not that far separated from those guys. What does a, a Goldwire come in at? Good question. Goldwire... Goldwire or like, say, Justin Robinson. Just just to 
gauge what like a non-contributor really limited minutes so I'm hesitant to place any value in it but uh, gold wire is at 0 .080 so that's less He's, that, that's significantly less than all the guys we just mentioned Justin Robinson has played so few minutes and has been He's played 33 minutes, and he's been effective in those 33 minutes. So he has a .153, which would put him probably those two just threes. Below he's Trent. Yeah, it's a couple of threes. It's you know. So uh, let me it, ask you. Let me ask you. Those, a question, aren't, those aren't enough minutes to really judge. Let me ask you a question, Mike. Mike by the way, Mike Buckmeyer has the best win share per 40 because he's played two minutes. <laughs> scored a bucket and, and made he, a free he's, throw. Yeah, he's 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 been very efficient in his two minutes of play. Yeah. Listen, I, I meant to ask Ricky Price this when, when he was with us, um, since he's close with the coaching staff. Do you think the that Coach K or Nate James or John Shard, do, do you think they look at this and factor that into their minutes distribution or how they you know formulate a game plan? So the do, question do, is, do how they, should they, they react yeah, to this? Do they see this do and they? say, wow, Trey's not very effective. Should we bring him off the bench? So coach K strikes me as an old school kind of coach. Absolutely. Probably doesn't put a ton of stock in, in this or at least weighting it over what he sees the eye test. eye test for yes. sure he seems like an eye test guy but my I, I, that's a great question we should really ask Ricky the next time we have him on yeah uh, you know like in his experience when he was there or now what you know I would love to, to find out maybe we can just ask him to, to, to find out if he doesn't know already but I'd be shocked if they aren't using these stats or versions of their own stats that are advanced, like analytics. Yeah, you you got to think that there are smart kids at Duke, yeah, yeah. undergrads who who look at this and like email somebody and say, "Hey, you should look at this. Um, this guy's not an efficient player." Obviously, right. Coach K is going to be like, "Hey, listen, I've got five national titles. You're just some sophomore on campus." No, no, uh, I don't even think it's that. I mean, I think the guys on the staff they talk to other coaching staffs. They, I Coach bet, K talks to Popovich. Coach I, K talks I bet to Brad Stevens uses uses this stuff. Oh, 100%. I bet, you oh. know, like that. Every great, every NBA coach uses this stuff now to some extent. Some more than others. Right. You know, and guys that don't, they're not coaching anymore, most likely. There aren't too many of them left, but my guess is Bobby Knight wasn't a big... Bobby Knight wasn't teaching Coach K this stuff. It wasn't around. Yeah. So, Coach K is old. He's old school. But I'd be shocked if he didn't give... He didn't have one guy on his staff or a couple guys who are versed in it and... Who on the staff strikes you as the person who'd be in charge of advanced <laughs> analytics for the Duke men's basketball program? I don't know. Maybe one of the guys holding the clipboard, sitting on the end of the bench. I, and, I feel like I, they, they all seem pretty old school to me, even Nolan uh, and Shire. I mean, Nolan you know, has experience playing in the NBA recently. Yeah, I guess he's Portland. exposed to this stuff. Somebody, I mean, Shire's a smart guy. I don't know that he's like an econometrics major, but yeah. <laughs> Why do you say he's a smart guy? Uh, I don't know. He wears glasses. He's. I mean, I don't think he's. He's a heady player. I don't think. Yeah, for he's sure. A heady when he and was, he was on the a, he floor, he was a very efficient player. When he was on the floor, he he was definitely a high IQ. Player. Capel's a smart. Capel's a smart guy too. Capel. Capel comes from coaches. I'd be, I can't get. There's over, no way they're just ignorant of this stuff. I can't right? get over John Shire's <laughs> podcast. He just comes across as like a, just like a, what a lovable goofball. Sort of like that, yeah. Yeah, I'm, but I'm sure he's a great coach. These guys sure are serious coaches. They're not. They're not. We don't have a, a. Duke is not like completely ignorant of, of analytics, but it is a good question. Okay. It's a good question to think about. 
I can relate to what you're saying. If only there was somebody that we knew who <laughs> knew the coaching staff. Let's, let's, who, ask, let's ask Ricky about it. Uh, so what do you do with this? You know, okay, Duval's been inefficient. I mean, maybe it's all due to the three-pointers he's firing up. He's 7 for 42. So that's, that's you know, take him off the court. a huge thing. When he's not on the court, nobody's, nobody's got enough threes at yeah. an incredibly inefficient rate. And, like, it probably doesn't take he's much also, to put a drag on this offense. He's also turning the ball over more recently. Well, what's interesting is that we play historically great without him on the court, even if we could play even better with him on the court in, in spurts. Because in spurts, he's, he's brilliant. Yeah. He's really brilliant. His, his ceiling is really high. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. but, um, I, so we can't just sit him down and yeah. not play the guy. I'm not suggesting that. I actually try to but envision the, the team without him on the floor, if, whether it's Delorier or mm-hmm. O'Connell. I feel like those guys might be better for the team. Delorier, you know? Del- Delorier, we got three 6'10 guys. Three. I mean, that's going to be really tough to combat from the other team's perspective. Think about the rebounding with those three guys there. Or if we put out O'Connell, O'Connell is a great shooter. He's a fantastic shooter. Probably. Great shooter. Probably. We I think. Mean, he's only we shot 22 yeah. times or whatever. <laughs> he should be a fantastic shooter, so it might help with spacing, you know? There should be a second unit. For sure. And a I mean, second that's, unit. That's, that's why when Coach says after the game, we don't have a deep bench, I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, like, doesn't make any how sense. can he say that? Like, Wendell Carter could lead the second unit. I'm not saying he should. Yeah. It could just be, but you could take Trent and have him lead the offense partly for the second unit and whatever. Play Bagley the whole game. He obviously can do it, right? right. Play Bagley the whole game. Grayson shouldn't be playing every minute, especially if he's like injury prone. I mean, and well, what this shows me is that Duval absolutely shouldn't be playing almost the entire game. Okay, if he's you know that's I mean, I he's the least find, efficient guy. Why why do we have to play him every minute? Like there's room for other guys, right. and perhaps he becomes more efficient with some with less minutes. So you know, mm. they, they talked about the team playing frantic. Coach K, yeah, so used the word frantic a couple times in the press conference, and uh, you know, th- these guys all are shouldering so much responsibility, uh, and they all have to play. With Bagley and Duval and Carter, you know, like they all suck up a lot of the usage. So, like, you could distribute that usage, you know, sure, a little better and probably make everybody happier. Yeah, I'm also thinking but, on this team, we just it doesn't have a ton of great dream, three point shooters, you know. That's a big liability. Um, Grayson Grayson Allen, after the Florida State game, said, I think we fell in love with the three too much. I mean, they were just chucking up threes. They shot eight for 30 in the Florida State game. In the NC State game, um, I mean, sort of the same. Like, especially coming from behind when you're down double digits, it's just going to be a big, big liability. I mean, you need inside, outside a little bit. So... My issue with the threes that we're shooting is that Grayson Allen and Alex O'Connell aren't shooting them all. Right. Right? And Gary Trent is just cold. He's ice cold. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't been shooting well. And, but I mean, he was getting warmed up, but I feel like really, in the NC State game, he was I mean, not very good. Really, on especially on big possessions, but really throughout the game, DeVal and DeLaurier just shouldn't be shooting threes. You know, that's clear. You, you've brought up DeLaurier a few times. I don't think he shoots threes. 
Uh, I really, I, I mean, unless, unless... Well, like I said, he has limited number of minutes, right? Yeah. Like, Delore is playing 13.8 minutes a game, and he's shooting half a three a game. So, so once sh- every seven, 28 he minutes, times. he's on the court. Shot it seven times. It was probably yeah. against like an Evansville or a St. Francis or a Utah Valley, like an easy game. No, he took yeah. a shot last week. Took a shot against Florida State. Against Florida State. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. I'm a, I'm not mad at the Laurie. It's statistically insignificant. I, I am, I'm mad at either but, trade but or Duval's I'm mad at the coaching staff so for allowing him to continue to shoot threes. Not just shoot them, but he shot nine threes in the last two games. He's nine. shooting more against ACC nine. competition <laughs> than he did against other competitions. So that's the other thing. There's also, like, so far in the three games against ACC opponents, we have some stats as well. Uh, our, 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 uh, our offensive rating is not in the 130s anymore against ACC opponents. Okay. But uh, the guys with the best offensive ratings in these three games have been Delorier, Alex O'Connell, Bagley, Trent, and Carter. And actually, Bolden has a crazy offensive range, but he's played so few minutes. Yeah, I want but to say O'Connell hasn't played many, O'Connell's many minutes. O'Connell's only played at all. 13 minutes, too. So, so really, the guy's getting it done. The, the lowest offensive rating in these last three games has been Duval at 103, which is a little less than his other offensive rating. And Grayson's offensive rating has been down in these games. So, those guys just, you know, it's interesting because Grayson's playing almost every minute. <laughs> yeah, I, he had an yeah. off game against NC State. I'm real. I'm am actually very happy with his play. His, uh, yeah, okay. Against I'll, Florida State, he started off very hot and then he finished. But the the biggest thing to note is that our defensive rating against ACC competition is you awful. You can't give up 93 points a game and expect it's a, to be it's a start even bad. even like a a mediocre team. So you just can't do it. Yeah, like every game I, read I watch, you, I read was, you the defensive ratings against the whole the whole season, yeah. ranging from ninety six to one hundred seven for the guys that play minutes. Against in the ACC in these three games, same guys from one eighteen to one thirty three. That's the number of points we're giving up per hundred possessions. So we, yeah, it's pretty ugly. It's really ugly. I mean, just just a few days before NC State played Duke, they played Notre Dame, and Mike Bray has never been accused of being like a great defensive-minded coach. He's always been an offensive-minded coach, yeah. similar to Coach K. NC State put up 58 against Notre Dame, 58. And every time I watch a Duke game, I sort of do the math and I do the extrapolation. I'm like, wow, we're going to give up how many points? <laughs> I mean, it just seems like we're, we're every game, well, 80, two things 80, go into 80 that. 90, 100 points well, a game. Well, like, okay, so one, we're, we're, we're playing inefficient defense, meaning teams are scoring easily against us. But the other part of it is pace. Right, so you just look at the number of points we give up. That that's unfair. We're playing a very fast offensive pace. So there's going to be more possessions okay. in the game sure. than against than the way Virginia plays. Yeah. So UVA not only plays like defense well, but they also slow the pace of the game down. Right. So you have to factor so, that in. Also. Yeah, you got to factor that in. Yeah. So if we're putting up points because we just go down and dunk really fast and transition all the time, and you know, just throw it in the bagley and score fast, like the. I mean, that's part of the reason we're giving up you, points. However but, you look at yeah. it, you just can't give up 80, 90 points. Like, you're just not going to win games. Well, you can give up 80 or 90 points. five to 90 every game. Like, listen, you're, you're putting an it's awful all lot of pressure on your offense. Because yeah. let me tell you this. In the last two games, we've shot like 52%, 51%. We should be winning these games. If I were to, to- tell you that we against NC State, we were going to go in there and shoot 52%. 
and we're gonna lose by over ten points, you'd be like, you're out of your mind. No, there's no doubt the defense sucks. <laughs> and I think <laughs> it just, I, think, it sucks. I think we can stop. But, we can yeah, stop because it, like we've beat it, beat a dead horse. Yeah. You know. Um, I th- I still think we're gonna improve. Right. One one thing to I look just, at. I'm the, disappointed we haven't yet. In the Florida State game, I feel like one of the big reasons we won is because we out rebounded them by 18 boards. We had 53 to their 35. If you have 18 more possessions than the other team, it's gonna be tough for them to beat you. Against NC State, I, the we either rebounded the same or they out rebounded us by a few, and I think that's what Mar- Marvin Bag- Bagley was was saying. Like yeah. the effort's not there; we have to rebound better. Um, We're if, getting killed if, on the on the on the on the defensive glass there, or NC State's offensive glass, and okay. our guards are standing flat-footed, yeah, at the you know right outside the lane, just watching, you yeah. know, and their guys are sprinting by them towards the basket to crash to crash, yeah. It, it's unconscionable. So, if I keep seeing this, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get madder and madder as a as a fan. And again, it's just basketball. Who cares, right? This is, we're not be, you're actually gonna be, you're gonna be mad, mad at the coaches no. for not showing film, not calling people out. Hey, you gotta you gotta body up on these guys. You gotta spread your legs, stick your butt in their midsection, box out, or bench them. I mean, bench them for a stretch. Talk like may have to be consequences. Yeah. There's coach, actually coach Kimmy is great at these little gimmicky little ploys to like fire up his team. I mean, all these all the foreign players have these little anecdotes. I feel like the time is right for him to do one of his little things. kid gloves. Kid gloves have to come off. <laughs> one, of, one of these little things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure they're embarrassed. I'm sure these guys are embarrassed, and they don't necessarily need that. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But they're young and. You know, there are other guys. Like, I, I can't imagine. Like, Coach Kay's talking about how weak the bench is. I just, I'd rather see less talented guys box out and put forth the and effort. Try hard. Sprint back on transition D. Because Bagley and Grayson or whoever are on the court, you, the, the offense is still going to be good. Yeah. we got to find guys that can play defense or teach these guys whatever it takes. And it, it could be that they're just, just incredibly... Poor defensive players. Hey, did you? Uh, should we get into uh, Tucker Tucker's transfer real quick sure. before the uh, the end of the episode? Yeah, we should try to keep it short, just because we did not keep it short. We've already gone fifty minutes, but sure, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you mean the segment short? Yeah. Yeah. What's to say the guy the guy didn't play and he transferred? Oh no 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 no. Well, okay. Yeah. 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 But but um. Okay, so we, we didn't really get to know Jordan Tucker. Yeah. I want to say he might have come into one one relatively meaningless game or maybe a few. He made a, a three or two. He was excited when he got recruited. but He it was, played 14 minutes yeah. in two games. It was You know, he, he came because Kevin Knox went to Kentucky, and we we, won we, we always sort of had him as like an insurance yeah. plan. Like if we don't get Kevin Knox, the five-star top ten guy, we're going to get you. And so – what ran through my mind is just like in the dating game, you can't like date somebody who's like super hot if you're not like at their level. Otherwise, there's just a mismatch. Right, but Jordan Goldwater is getting minutes. He was ranked 300th. This guy was ranked 40th, 50th, 60th. So something happened. You know, it's another something one of these things. Happened? We're never gonna know what happened exactly. <laughs> you think something actually happened? Well, what happened is he just couldn't hack it. In, the, in our Come program. on, dude. I mean, some, something... You don't, you don't think th- two or three years from now 
He's going to be lighting up, lighting it up at Syracuse, scoring 18 points a game. I mean, he couldn't hack it emotionally, or he just wasn't ready to do what had to be done during practice. I mean, we just don't know exactly what. what why would this guy be the 13th guy on the bench? Why isn't he? Why wasn't he the ninth guy, the eighth guy? Okay, like whether you're the seventh guy, eighth guy, ninth guy, tenth guy, you're not playing much. The seventh look, and eighth guys. Bolden, look at Bolden. How many minutes is he getting? Eight, yeah. or, eight or nine minutes a game, and and when the games count, he's going to get less. So, it's it's just a product of Coach K doesn't play his bench. I, I looked back at his Twitter feed. So yeah, you were a huge fan. There's like, not playing minutes. Yeah, and then and then, and then essentially being just, in just, Siberia. Yes. Which is where he was. Right. So there's games he could have gotten into where we were blowing teams out that he didn't play. Yeah. So something happened. Like they knew he well, I think they knew I think they knew he was transferring. It's completely speculation. We have no idea. When I say something happened, I don't mean he like, Uh you know, hit on Coach K's daughter. I don't mean he like, you know you know, told the coaching staff to fuck off or something. I mean it wasn't a good fit for some reason, right? And it could have been him. It could have been them. Okay. I mean, that that's your take. My, my take would be probably more just that he, just, he came in, he was going to fit a role because um, at that point we didn't have Bagley, so there's one less truly great player on the team. He could find some type of a role, play 10 or 15 minutes, and foresee himself playing a role two or three years down the road, being a starter, chucking up threes, maybe, you know, Succeeding, but why did he get zero minutes? Why did he get zero? Why was he completely out two or three weeks in? Why was he posting on Twitter like something about being patient, staying hungry? Mm-hmm. Like you know, in in mid November, like rah rah team a little bit, yeah, and then just never posted again after that, right? Like okay, like he lost hope. Of getting playing time this year, right? He should be thinking, "Oh man, this team needs me." Like he should be I, earning his stripes in pra- these practices. But I, like something was obviously made clear to him that he wasn't good enough and he should transfer. <laughs> or I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Or or he just he didn't handle it well, not playing, and he expected to be a star. Or expected Maybe not to be a star, but like a potential like star. 10, 10, yeah. 15, 20, 10 to 15 minutes his first year like, is probably what he envisioned. He thinks he's better than Alex O'Connell. Right. Certainly thinks he's better than Jordan Goldwire. And maybe, but it's, maybe it's he told a, the coaches what he thought. It's a different role. But I'm know? just saying, like, yeah. something how he didn't react well to adversity. Or uh, or the coaching staff just left no, him out I'm, in Siberia and just didn't even talk to him. And, you I, know, he just made a decision in his best interest, right? right. I, I I tend to not agree with that um, view. I mean, all these other guys that transferred didn't do it before January, no, their I'm, freshman year, um, right? Okay, that's sure. pretty rare. Sure, yeah, like uh, you know, oh, like Chase Jeter, Alex Murphy, Derek Thornton. But the, I mean, those guys, their scenarios were different. Maybe Taylor King did. No, I, Taylor King transferred after. Most people give it a year, year and a yeah. half. And then if they if if I think most people say okay freshman year maybe I don't get a lot of playing time but by sophomore year if I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel then you transfer yeah. before winter break so that you can come in um, the following year with the second semester of playing yeah. time available. 
I mean, I don't know what happened. I'm just saying something didn't go right, obviously, and it's too bad. But, uh, but it, perhaps it, it's the it way it's sure is it, it for sure isn't too bad, but Duke is the, – the way that they're trending, the way Coach K has embraced one and done – they're getting the best of the best. Look at the incoming yeah. class next year. If you're not at that level, you're sort of deluding yourself in thinking that, oh, I'm just going to come in here and eventually I'm going to get to that point. Right. Um, I mean, I mean, it they should happen. all assume they're going to get recruited it, over yeah. and we're going to have, you know, first-round picks playing for the foreseeable right. future. Every year, year after year, as long as Coach K is there. Um, Even Alex O'Connell, who is playing well, makes his way – into the rotation, plays plays a good game against Florida State. Like yeah. really played well. The offense flowed with them on the court. They they got a good sink of three. Plus good plus minus. Yeah, that beautiful dish to tre- to to Grayson on the baseline corner, corner three. Yeah, yeah. And then he um, I actually wish he would have shot that. You know, we could have used his three point shooting against NC State. He's sitting on the bench and he has to be thinking to himself, why? <laughs> you know, but like. Alex O'Connell looks like the kind of guy who's going to, like, you know, fight. And hopefully, like, Coach K, the way our program's set up, we need some edge guys, some edge cases to react the way we hope, you know, like a like Alex O'Connell has okay. so far reacted. Right. Or Goldwire. I mean, we don't need the guy who's going to be pouty or decide. Right, like, for sure. So it's just that he has to go. Yeah, he the, has, he I mean, has the, to leave for his own interests. And, the, the bottom you know, line is, yeah. is playing time. Coach K yeah. does not share playing time with the second unit. He just doesn't. And whether you're – I mean, he hopes he's going to turn out to be like Shemi Ojale or Michael Benajay. Those are the best cases. Yeah, those yeah. are the best cases. But then there are a bunch like you know Caffrey. Jamal Boykin and Alex Murphy yeah. who transferred, and, and they turned out to be pretty much what, you know, there's there was a reason yeah. why they never cracked I mean, the Ojale and Benajay and, and I looked at Derek Thornton. are great, actually. Yeah, Derek yeah. Thornton hasn't really played much at USC. I don't know if he's battling an injury or whatnot, but I was surprised that, one, he I was surprised he wasn't starting at USC. I mean, I know USC has done well recruiting. How many minutes a game do you think Derek Thorne would be getting on this team if he was still on the team? Uh, I think he would be getting... I think he'd be starting. Over who? If he were a junior right now, I think he would be starting. I think he would... Over? Over what you call the, the least valuable guy on the team. You think DeVal would be coming off the bench? I, I don't think DeVal would be here. Oh well, that that's that may be that may be in nice. that scenario. If if he if, he if, was, if Derek yeah, Thorne were yeah. a junior, I think Derek Thorne's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, he I, I feel like I think he, if you I, just plugged I, him in, I feel in like he was pretty team. impatient. You know, like he got a lot he of was, minutes as a freshman. He got like twenty minutes. He had a huge role. A game. Yeah, he had a big role. Um, but you know, who knows? He wanted kids to be, nowadays. He wanted to be featured in the pick and roll more. No, that was like a loudmouth uncle who claimed that Coach K promised him a certain number of of high roll pick and rolls, like like a. <laughs> Like uh, so Ty, like Tyce Jones was getting his freshman year. Yeah, we could have used Derek Thornton last year. I'll tell you what. Uh, how's he doing so far? You said you looked him up. I don't think we could have used Derek Thornton last year. Last year, I think we had a ton of guards and outside shooters. We didn't have a point guard. This okay. Derek Thornton's not a pure point guard. He's more like yeah. Frank Jackson. So he's only playing 15 minutes a game on USC's team. Yeah, and has not played well so far. Right. I was surprised that, that he's not surprising. a starter because I thought he's. Thought he was pretty good. USC has been recruiting very well themselves recently. Well, you know they were implicated in the FBI yeah. investigation. 
<laughs> well, I was saying they have some talent and, on the and, roster. And actually, if, if we had gotten Kevin Knox, I feel like Marvin Bagley would have gone to USC or UCLA. Those were, you know, close to LA. Those were his final three-ish. All right, so, um, so what else is going on, Pete? What else you got before we... Uh, Last thing is okay. Tobacco Road. Um, have you listened to it at all with uh, Gerald Henderson and Tyler Hansborough? I tried to listen to it a minute. I couldn't. Couldn't listen to it. I couldn't listen to Tyler Hansborough's voice. It's too polite. Are you kidding me? I feel like Tyler is calling in from China. Like he's he had to wake up at three a.m. or something and call in. And like they're they're. I'm too sure polite. they sound. I'm sure they sound better than us. <laughs> they're too polite to each other. <laughs> but, but I mean, at least they can bring in like some studs. Um, if you guys are fans, of, I saw they had a guest. Yeah. If you guys are fans of Grant Hill, I raved about Grant Hill's uh, podcast with John Shire, which I thought was one of the best podcasts I'd heard. Grant Hills with. Um, Gerald Henderson and Psycho T also fantastic and it's not overlapping material like it's one hour great stuff different things okay so we should listen to that one um, listen to the Shire one first because I feel like that one's better but this one was also very very good different different content okay sounds good uh... should we lead into Devin's Dookies in the NBA Part two, where we actually talk about players. I think we're going to save that for next time. We have an hour on this one. We'll okay. we'll tack on we'll tack on the, the we'll tease the the Duke and the NBA for the for the next one. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We went on too long. I don't think we can do a two hour podcast. Sure. Yeah. Um, Okafor played the other night. I somebody texted me that. Yeah, Okafor played the other night. He got in. He, he basically sat for ten games. He played. He played some minutes. Coach basically called him out of shape, and I thought that was um, just kind of. I thought that was untrue. I thought that was just a just, a just a way of saying you you're no good. If you actually think he's out of shape, well, they, the they basically been, said they were going to like out of shape his whole life. <laughs> yes, I mean I it's, it's not like his body type is different. He's probably in better shape now than he was when he played for us. They're just saying he wasn't in game freshman shape. year, and that he was great. Well, but he, he played the other day after sitting many, many games. He played against the, the Celtics in a close game. Yeah. So how do you do? You know, you know, if we're to believe that he was being sat to sort of get familiar with their system yeah. and get into better shape and get ready. His numbers were pretty decent on the you know, he played uh, thirteen minutes against the Celtics, scored twelve points, uh in slightly inefficient twelve points. He was five of twelve from the field. Two two from the line. Uh, he had five rebounds. He did block two shots. Uh, his plus minus, of course, was a minus three. Um, it's much so, better than a minus forty two, right? It is. It is a lot better than that against a better team. So his team only only you know only lost three points when he was on the court, and uh, it doesn't set, doesn't look like it was like totally his fault or anything. I didn't really watch the stretch of basketball. But where do you, where do you think he'll be next year? Uh, I have no idea, man. He's going to be a, an unrestricted free agent. He's going to go somewhere where he gets a promise that he'll get, get a chance gets, to start. Is he yeah. a league minimum type guy? Well, I don't think he's going to want to take a long-term deal next year because if he does get a long-term offer, it's going to be something like 10 or $15 million for three or four years. Yeah. And he probably thinks he's better than that. I mean, that, that would be the, the top side of it, I think. Uh, I think most likely he's going to sign some kind of like one-year five million dollar deal or one year three million dollar deal yeah. somewhere maybe with like a like a Incentives. team option sure. or something 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like a big incentive contract. And he'll get a one-year tryout somewhere where he thinks he can make a dent in the, in the rotation. Yeah, like a, a week, a week and a half ago, I went to Miami, spent a few days with my brother. We went to a Miami Heat-New Jersey Nets game. Mm-hmm. I was hoping against hope that I would see Okafor against Winslow. I saw neither of them, but I'm happy to report that Winslow's spirits are good. Did you see Okafor warming up, though? Uh, no, we got to the game late. Huh. Um, but Winslow, like Winslow, is sitting next to um, Juwan Howard. Like he's he's soaking he's soaking up the coaching and the leading the team. And he's also you know which Justice Winslow has that big personality. He's still hamming it up with like a security guard who's like looking out towards the stands, making sure nothing happens during timeouts. He's like going up and mimicking him right right next to him and just having a good time. So it's good to see that he's his spirits are still okay, even though. He isn't playing, and his career sort of trajecting, well, trending downwards. Not only is he, is he not playing, he's got a knee, a knee injury, right? Yeah. Um, but since he stopped playing... <laughs> they're, uh, they're playing great? They're, they, yeah, they're playing terrific. So they're 6, 7, 9... Oh, they're 9-3 and three without him. They're 9-3 in the 12 games he's been out. And... Is this the same team that last year when Winslow went down with the season-ending they injury, also played, they, they won like 23 games in a row? It wasn't directly as a result of Winslow, obviously, but yeah, they've done better without him uh, on the team, basically. So they, with him, before this 9-3 and three stretch, they were 13-14. Uh, they were and 14. So they were, you know, 500, a little under 500. Since then, they've been playing outstanding basketball. I doubt it's it's a one-to-one correlation. Yeah, of course. Um you know, but uh, it's not necessarily great. I think he'll play when he gets healthy. Yeah, I just think he's going to come off the bench probably. And uh, you know who did? He's really, got he's got to continue to develop and get you healthy. You know who did really impress me in that game was Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Um, he's really a small forward out yeah. of Arizona. I I was I thought Justice Winslow would turn into that type of guy. He was, you know, they're both six 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 seven, long, strong, athletic, good defenders, poor shooters, but. Uh, Hunt, Hollis Jefferson has turned into a very, like I was very impressed by his offensive game, and I was I'm sad to see that Justice hasn't developed his offense quite like that. He hasn't. He's been injured a lot the last two years, so still possible. It's absolutely still possible. Uh, you know, he's 21, just like Okafor, and uh, I think I think Winslow has the better chance to to be. Winslow has a chance to be a very good two way player. Yes. His offense is lacking. His defense is really strong, um, but yeah, I still probably, think he's probably more one way. He just needs to be a three and D guy for the most part. Yeah, I don't think he's a good enough ball handler or quite, you know, quite nimble enough to uh, to be like any kind of primary ball handler on, on, a, on an offense. But um, okay. yeah, his best scenario is really like a like a maybe like a Jalen Brown kind of type of player. You know, like a poor that'd, man's... That'd be pretty good. Like, Yeah, probably not not as high a ceiling as Jalen at this point. I mean, we talk about some of this stuff with Devin, but yeah. a lot of it is organization. Get into this a little bit. Yeah. Imagine if Boston had succeeded in trading for him. Well, Justice... Maybe, 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 maybe he would be fantastic no, right the Heat now. are very well coached. It's a good organization. Yeah, I... For you sure. know, but, uh, you know, arguably Okafor has been in a bad spot where they didn't really... You know, the Sixers and the Nets now even, like... My guess is next year Okafor will look to join a team that's good that expresses real interest in him. Like I'd like to see what a really good coach and a really good program could do for him. Okay. The other scenario is he goes to the Suns or the Lakers on a flyer because he can get minutes. You know, 
We'll, so we'll see. Okay. Um, was there anything else? No, we got uh, Pittsburgh on the road on Wednesday, so hopefully that'll get us oh, yes. recalibrated, recentered, easy W. Hopefully, I am going to be at that game. Oh, nice! Yes, I. Uh, Pittsburgh. Well, I had to fly to the East Coast to pick up my daughter. She's coming for a visit. My my one year old's first birthday party is, is next weekend. Okay. And uh, my you know my ten year old wanted to come and be a part of it, which is amazing, and. Uh, so we uh, was happy to sort of schedule this last minute. I had to fly out to get her, okay. you know, bring her back to to Vegas, and then uh, fly her back again. But I noticed the pit the pit game was on the day I was flying, okay. or, or the the night before I was supposed to get there. So I scheduled a stop in Pittsburgh, and then I'm gonna fly out early in the morning from Pittsburgh. Uh, so uh, you know, if anyone's gonna be at the game, give me a shout uh, on Twitter. No, if any, any of our buddies who listen to the <laughs> podcast, uh, you know, a few, a few of the guys uh, I went to college with, I think may still Maybe. be living in Pittsburgh. I was going to reach out to some one or two of the guys, definitely, you know. So then after, much cheaper than seeing a game in Cameron. And then after Pittsburgh, we have Wake Forest, I believe. Yeah, so, and I'm going to give you the. I'm so again, give you it's the, like it's sort of favorable. I mean, I'm surprised that we're one and two, obviously, but hopefully these next two games will get us back on track, build up some confidence, and. We can start. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of time in the season better. to go where we can, you know, really like last year. Except this year we're healthy, and arguably more, even more talented. So, I, and there's more room. There's room to grow, and everybody should be able to practice. So, uh, you know, we got we got the ACC season to, to learn from, to grow, and to continue to develop, and the, certainly the potential there. We just gotta gotta up our game on the defensive end. Get a little. You know, just really just make it happen. I think the coaching staff's going to do it. Still an optimist, and I'm going to give you a first-hand report next week when we get back from this trip. Uh, if I see anything interesting, I wish wish I had you along to be the body language police from the warm-ups. Watch them during warm-ups. I'm going to try. Alex O'Connell. I'm going to try to see Watch Alex ever... O'Connell and watch Marvin Bagley. I'm interested in, like, warm-up work ethic. Let me know if he still lollygags the, uh, the, the calisthenics beforehand. And I am all in on Marvin Bagley. I don't care what he does during warm-ups anymore. He's, he can do whatever he wants. We take it all back, Marvin. All the, you know, the what if. But, you uh, can wear number four. You can wear, you know, 31. Whatever you want. It's all good. Yeah, he's a... He's really our only shot. Pretty good basketball player. Yeah. Uh, we're definitely not going to be, uh, like... No matter how bad on defense we play, we're not going to be competitive. Yeah. Always. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a fun year. It's still a fun year. All right, man. Uh, nice talking to you, Pete. Thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Go do. Go do.